Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 125 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Ian Massingham. Ian is a technical evangelist at Amazon Web Services and has been working with the cloud computing technologies since 2008. Ian has around 20 years experience in the IT industry, covering operations and engineering within hosting, telecommunications and cloud service providers. So, Ian, can I ask you to expand on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, so I actually lead uh, technology evangelism for AWS globally now. I think that bio you have is a little old. So I'm running the AWS evangelism function around the world. Uh, And this function is all about educating software developers, other kinds of technical end users of the AWS platform, and of course, customers that are not yet users of the platform, about how they can put AWS services to work to help them build applications in a new way or modernize their existing IT or indeed run existing applications and workloads that they might have running in other environments uh, in the modern public cloud infrastructure that AWS operates. So that's essentially what the role is. I have a globally distributed team that are working on that goal. Uh, actually, I have people all the way from Los Angeles right the way around to Beijing and Korea, the other side of the world. So my team is pretty uh, much globally distributed today working on that objective. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Does that mean a lot of travel for you? Uh, it can mean a lot of travel for me. I did a lot of uh, mileage during 2018 uh, working on AWS first-party events and some third-party events that we were working on. I do speak pretty prolifically in my own right, as well as leading the team. So there's quite a bit of travel to support the team members that I have around the world. And there's also quite a bit of travel for these first and third party speaking opportunities that I work on as well. Sure. I was going to pick up on that because I would have thought, given your role, that the presentations and speaking is a major part of that. Yeah, it's a major part of my role. And it's also obviously a really important skill that we look for in in members that are thinking about or uh, prospective members that want to join the team. So it is something that we're, uh, we're obviously really focused on. We want to have people working in this role that are capable of connecting with software developers, other kinds of technical end users of the platform, and inspiring them, educating them, and motivating them to use the cloud. So presentation skills are an important uh, part of the skill set, but they're not the whole of the skill set you know they are one important skill that we look for in members of the team okay great so ian can you maybe share a career tip with the it career energizer audience maybe one they don't know and perhaps should yeah so something that i have done uh, throughout my career is i have switched between individual contributor and leadership roles which isn't necessarily a common pattern, but I've seen a few people discussing this on Twitter of late. And I think it's quite an interesting thing for individuals to think about in career development. Uh, You can get a different perspective by playing the leadership or management role within a team, but it's also fine to jump back into an individual contributor role if you've got technical or domain-specific skills that you want to develop. And it's something that I've done a lot throughout my career, moving from IC to management to senior leadership roles and back again. I've done it several times and it's really, really borne fruit fruit for me. I've developed a lot of new skills, I think, as a result of 
doing something that I think is relatively uncommon amongst technology professionals and probably relatively uncommon in, in other sectors as well. I suppose the other aspect of it is you get the opportunity to refresh your skills if you go back to those sort of more technical aspects of, of what you've done in the past. Absolutely. And that's something that I did a lot of when I first joined uh, Amazon Web Services back in 2003. I'd been working in a leadership role in another uh, IT provider, IT vendor uh, for a few years before that. And I think my technology skills had I'd been focusing on the wrong areas. And uh, I'd also not had enough opportunity to get hands-on with the technology. It was a little bit removed from from hands-on operations, hands-on software development. So when I came back to or came to AWS in 2013, it was a great opportunity to come back to software development and rediscover some of the more technical aspects of my uh, roles that I'd worked on earlier in my career. So I really enjoyed that. And I learned a lot of new things over the course of a roughly three and a half, four year period working as an individual contributor, uh, technology evangelist at AWS. I had to learn a whole lot about cloud computing and about obviously the broad variety of different services that AWS offers, which was a really good, uh, really good workout for my brain. But it also took me into a lot of new areas that I hadn't previously worked on. Indeed. Yeah, it does sound like you, you like to keep your hand in from a technical perspective as well. Definitely. And that's one of the best things about working at AWS, actually. We're constantly looking for new fronts upon which we can innovate to help customers be more successful. So recently, we've invested a lot in AI and machine learning services, for example, over the course of the last two plus years, I'd say. Uh, AWS reInvent, which is our our conference, uh, global user education conference that we ran at the beginning of December, end of November last year. We announced some new services in the robotics area and a service called AWS uh, Ground Station, which allows customers to downlink data from satellite infrastructure. So these are brand new areas for me that I've never never worked on before. And some members of the team around the world are really excited to try out and experiment with, with these new services and, of course, see what they can help customers build with them. Indeed, yeah. It sounds, sounds like exciting times. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, Ian, can you maybe tell us the story of your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? I can, yeah. So I wouldn't say that it was necessarily a worse moment. I would say it was an extremely challenging period of my career where there were a lot of long hours uh, put in to help deliver a service. So way back in the late 90s, uh, early in my career, I was working for a small hosting and internet access company called Planet Online, uh, based in, in Leeds in Yorkshire, close to where I live still to this day, actually. And uh, it was a startup that was uh, funded by some entrepreneurs. And we were working really to provide business internet access services. And we're also working on providing uh, managed hosting services. So the first things that I was doing in my career in the hosting side of that business was putting UK uh, organizations like Channel 4 TV or Dixon Stores Group onto the internet for the first ever time. So it was a really exciting period. This was in the 1996 to 1998 period. Then uh, we got involved with another project with Dixon Stores Group uh, called FreeServe, which was to launch the UK's first subscription-free internet access service. Uh, Believe it or not, if you are in the millennial category, you may find it hard to believe, but in the old days, we used to pay a monthly charge for internet access and we used to pay permanent dial-up calls for narrowband internet access. And what FreeServe did was it changed that model. So it removed the requirement to pay a monthly subscription and it reduced the price point to just the permanent local rate access call that you would would pay to access the internet. This was a really disruptive innovation at the time. And through removing that uh, monthly subscription charge became wildly popular 
it grew really, really fast, vastly exceeding the size of the largest player in this narrowband access market in the UK prior to its launch. This was an incredibly challenging period, a business in hypergrowth and a business in hypergrowth in a period of time when there was no cloud computing. So every time we got a new customer, we needed new physical infrastructure. We needed more servers. We needed more narrowband dial-up capacity. We needed, needed more telecommunications links to our buildings around the UK. And I remember what an intensive period of my career this was, working to try and support the rapid scaling of this customer. And on the other side of it, in the, the hosting area, which was more my forte, of course, as more and more customers came online, access customers came online in the UK, it also served for additional demand for the other customers that we were, we were supporting on that side of the business. So it was just a really incredibly intensive period. And that offered a lot of opportunities, but it was also, I think, one of the most stressful periods of my life as far as work goes with long hours lots of extra not shifts but just lots of extra working over weekends and working overnight in order to ensure that we could continue to serve service really rapidly going customer that we were working with right in terms of um what you learned from that experience is there anything particularly you took away from it uh, I learned a lot about uh, recruiting. Obviously, I was growing a team for the first time back then. I was a new manager and I was trying to hire in staff that would provide the right mix of skills and, of course, be, be a culture fit for that organization, which was still very young. And we still had a, a kind of early stage startup mentality where people would have pretty blurred uh, role definitions. You know, it was a case of, is it my job? Well, it's likely to be your job because there just aren't a lot of people to go around to, to cover up all of the activities that we have. It was also a young business which didn't have a lot of uh, structure in terms of the processes that we had to to support us. So it was a challenging period. I'd say I learned a lot about hiring the right kind of people. I learned a lot about interviewing. I also learned a lot about the importance of things like onboarding into a new team, how critical it is to have the right support structures in place for new team members and how, how quickly things can get difficult if you don't have them. So that's something that I still focus on today, growing my team at AWS is making sure that we have a really up-to-date and constantly reviewed onboarding process so that when we are hiring in new talent, uh, people have a quick ramp up to productivity, but they also feel like they've got the right kind of support around them. I think that's I think that's really important in uh, in leadership. Yeah, I totally agree. I think yeah, the onboarding process and then just embedding people into a team and making them feel a part of what's happening is is vital. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I think I've had a few of these since I came to AWS. I had to completely relearn the domain. There's lots of things about Amazon and Amazon Web Services that are unique, but one of the most unique things is the pace at which we introduce new services and new features to customers. Uh, In 2017, uh, we released over 1,400 new services and features. So that's a huge beat rate of new innovation which is coming forward. And it means you've always got an opportunity to talk about something new. And I've done a lot of that over the time that I've been at AWS, starting off with services that might have been considered staples, things like the EC2 service, the Elastic Compute Cloud. This is our service for running virtual machines in AWS. And it was one of the first services that we announced back in 2006. And that was still really central to the offering in 2013 when I joined and it's still a core product today that very many, many customers use. But we've added a whole lot of new stuff. And I think one of my highlights has been learning about and talking about some of the new things that we've been doing. 
Uh, I've delivered sessions over the course of the last year about the application of AI and machine learning at Amazon. I delivered a keynote at O'Reilly's AI conference in London last year. I delivered a closing keynote in front of thousands of customers in Singapore in uh, in April last year, a major AWS summit event there where I had a, a live demo of chatbots that the audience were able to interact with using either text or Facebook Messenger or a native web interface. I deployed all of that and wrote it all myself. So it's cool to interact with customers at high scale at events like that. I really enjoy it. And I think those have been a, been a couple of the highlights for me from an operational perspective as, a, as an individual contributor, as an, as an evangelist in my own right. Yeah. And then the second thing, of course, is uh, is building out the team. We've really expanded the evangelism team at AWS over the course of the last couple of years. It's great to bring in new people. It's also really, really awesome to see talent that you've brought into the organization uh, progressing through the seniority levels that we have, or even moving to other impactful roles elsewhere elsewhere within AWS or Amazon. So I've really enjoyed that aspect of scaling this team up really quickly and, and helping the, the team members develop and grow either in role or moving them on into new roles where they can where they can further their uh, their career objectives. It's been really great. For on that. So Ian, what are you assigned to you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? I think the move towards hyperscale services of the type that AWS provides removes a lot of heavy lifting from IT roles and allows organizations to focus their IT investment on things that are genuinely unique or genuinely differentiating. I spent many years in my early career either doing repetitive tasks or managing teams that were doing repetitive tasks. In that web hosting business back in the late 90s, we were spending man days every week provisioning infrastructure for customers, something that you can do today with the click of a couple of buttons and icons in the AWS console or via an API or command line. Uh, command that you might issue against one of our APIs. So a lot of the repetitive heavy lifting that was core to the IT role maybe even just 10 years ago, has been converted into services within cloud platforms. And that allows IT professionals to focus on things, in my view, that are a little bit more interesting and also have a lot more impact for the organizations that they're working for. And I think that's one of the big shifts that we've seen. The repetitive activities within IT have been turned into software. They've been turned into industrial products, essentially. And IT personnel, IT uh, professionals, they can focus a lot more time on things that have a higher creative element to them that might be about building new applications or optimizing new applications or improving the way in which organizations can use data or deploying new AI or machine learning services to to build new apps for, for businesses or government. So I think there's a ton of opportunity for IT pros to do things that are just more interesting than the stuff that they used to do. Yeah, and presumably you see that as a continuing trend. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, as software continues to evolve, these services will get more and more sophisticated and IT pros will continue to go up the stack. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? Of course. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Wow, that's really, really going to take me back a long way. So <laughs> when I was uh, when I was a child, uh, my father was working in, ed- in education, and he was working in a college that provided training to teachers in service. So if you're working for a particular education authority, you could go to this location, and they would deliver a program of professional development courses for teachers. And this was a residential role. So we lived in the location where my father was working when I was a teenager, an early teenager, maybe 11, 12, 13 years of age. 
And there was no IT there at all. It was all uh, paper-based systems, duplicators, if you remember what those were. <laughs> those big hand-cranked machines that existed before co- photocopiers became became viable for most organizations. So there's a lot of that stuff going on. Really, really old <clears throat> technology in the, the mid-80s, early to mid-80s. And uh, he computerized it. He computerized it in a, a kind of very simple way with a couple of workstations that weren't net- networked, but he was able to introduce some simple data management tools very early spreadsheet technology, very early word processing technology to enable them to really improve the way in which that facility operated. And I guess that inspired me a lot. You know, it wasn't a sort of traditional entry, I guess, where a lot of people might have come from experiences that they had at school, but it really, uh, really piqued my interest. And then I went on to work on technology as a volunteer in my school. In my uh, sixth form, I was supporting some parts of the lower school with technology. Uh, and I went to university at Leeds to uh, to study computer science following that. So I think it was really seeing how he put that early technology to work that probably inspired me about what the potential impact of technology could be over the longer term, you know. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Maybe not advice, maybe more of an opportunity that was given to me uh, by somebody that that saw something in me. So after that hosting company that I worked for was acquired back in the late 90s, it became part of a much larger telecommunications operator. This is when the dot-com bubble was a real thing and organizations were investing a lot in technology and infrastructure. And I was moved away from my uh, from my operational role there to work on a broader role focusing on mergers and acquisitions. So I was looking at technology for acquisitions that this telecommunications, large telecommunications operator was thinking about making. And that gave me an opportunity to work internationally. And it also gave me an opportunity to really work with some very, very senior leaders within uh, within the business, up to CEO and chairman level, actually, of the PLC. So it was a, a big step up for me. So I think maybe the, the, the biggest piece of advice that came with that, with that was just reassurance from uh, from the CEO of the unit that I was in that this would be a good fit for me. I didn't really see myself in that role, but he kind of nudged me forward and persuaded me that it was worth taking a risk. And obviously, I'm very grateful for him uh, for doing that. It really had a big big impact on my longer-term career, I think. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? Yeah, I would definitely focus on software. I uh, spent a lot of my formative years focusing on infrastructure. I think that is probably an area that is diminishing in in importance and impact. Uh, everything is software today, and I would really invest my time in learning about uh, software architecture and seeking to become a polyglot, so being able to operate with a variety of different programming languages and seeking out a broad experience in developing different types of systems. So I think one thing that makes uh, software developers highly valuable is if they are software developers, software engineers, rather than C++ developers or Java developers. You know, they have the ability to jump across different programming languages. They have a strong grasp of the foundations. We sometimes joke about algorithms and data structure classes in university computer science or software engineering courses, but once you learn that stuff, you can apply it everywhere. So learning those foundations is really important, and I would definitely invest time in that if I was starting today. Uh, Polyglot developer of different system types using patterns based on these foundations that are well understood. I think that's a, a really good trajectory for people that are entering the industry today. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? 
So I am growing my team. Uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to join you today is to plug the open roles that I have. So I'm hiring in various locations around the world, or my management team are rather. rather. So we're hiring specialist evangelists focused on particular domain areas. Uh, we're hiring uh, managers in various locations around the world to help uh, further grow and accelerate the development of the team. And we're also hiring regional evangelists in several different locations around the world as well. So my immediate goals are to uh, work on that. And then I have a couple of other uh, projects that aren't announced yet that I'm working on internally within Amazon Web Services as well. I can't really say a whole lot about, but some of the hiring that I'm doing is dedicated towards staffing new initiatives that we are working on that will be become visible uh, later this year. Right. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Uh, I would say communication skills. So listening is absolutely key. Uh, I think it's an underappreciated skill in technology. But I mean, you often hear jokes in software that the hardest part of software development is understanding what users actually want or what customers actually want. So being able to listen, distill, and really uh, be very clear about what you've heard from customers, I think is critically important, especially in an organization like AWS, which is focused on delivering new products and services. So you have to be very specific and accurate but accurate about what you're building. And the only way to do that is to really clearly understand what customers need. So I think that's fundamentally important. And then, of course, the other half of communications is outbound communications. So maintaining high standards in public communications, making sure that your messaging is appropriate for the audience that you're speaking to, being super clear. And, of course, doing that in a way which is humble and not arrogant is, is really, really important as well. You want to be credible and, and, and communicate in a way which helps customers become more effective. So those are really important skills, in my view, communications, inbound and outbound. Yeah. Ian, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Don't be afraid to try new things, okay? And don't be afraid to apply for roles that you might not have a 100% specification match with. You know, when we're recruiting Amazon Web Services, and I'm sure this is the case in many, many other organizations as well, those specifications are a perfect candidate wish list. Okay, so even if you don't necessarily meet every qualification criteria, you don't tick every single box on a spec, I would uh, really encourage you to take a risk and try applying for roles that you think are a little bit beyond you or that might take you into a different direction. Okay, so that would be my last my last parting piece of advice, I think. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? You can find me on Twitter at Ian M. That's Ian with four M's after it. Uh, believe it or not, Ian M, Ian M M, and Ian M M M had already gone when I joined <laughs> Twitter, so I was a little bit late for the party. A bit, little bit late to the party, so you can find me there on Twitter. Uh, you can also find... AWS roles, if you are interested in any of the roles that I've talked about, just visit amazon.jobs and search for evangelism and you'll find, or evangelist, and you'll find lots of the roles that we have within uh, within my team and also other teams within uh, AWS and Amazon that are hiring evangelists as well. So I'm not the only person in the organization that has this particular role type in my uh, in my organization. So so you'll find lots of opportunities for the same kind of job that I do all over Amazon if you take that, uh, take that path. Great. Ian, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. No problem. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, 
which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.